by the man, the myth, the legend, the villainous Austin Loot. No. <laughs> what? I don't know. You're doing this thing with your eyebrows. It looked what? villainous. I don't know. Like it was. Indubitably. Anyway, Austin, Austin, how, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing good. good. It's been a rainy week so far. It's been but... a rainy week, yeah. yeah. Um, if you listen to the Weather Channel or Wave 3 or whatever local channel we you you have, in this area at least, uh, the apocalypse is coming tomorrow night. Uh, <laughs> they have predicted a bunch of those over the last yeah. few weeks. Or I guess it would air tonight. So today... Wednesday. Oh yeah, so Wednesday, yeah, so tonight, tonight, tonight the apocalypse will be tonight. Will be tonight. Uh, so uh, good luck, Godspeed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> come to Jesus now. That'd yep, be great. Now. This is the right time to do it. But no, we are. In all seriousness, they're calling for some pretty major storms, uh, which you know what will be tonight. You know, um, so in Indiana, just be safe. Um, if you guys are in our neck of the woods, be safe because you never know. It only takes. One one that it only takes them being right once right. for it to change your world. So, um, so just you know, keep an eye out, keep an ear out, and hopefully, uh, we all come back Thursday morning with full intact houses. And we'll see you next week. Yeah. So anyway, but uh, yeah, so we are excited for episode number fifty-eight. Eight. <laughs> I said it like five wow, seconds man. ago. Come on, bro. Fifty-eight. Uh, Romans chapter fifteen. We are. Pushing towards the end of Romans and, and getting close to the end and, and kind of maybe starting something new after that. Yeah, man. Uh, just a little preview for next week. We are going to go through the Hall of Faith. And while we could spend a month or two months on the oh, Hall of yeah. Faith, because what you can do and what I like to do when I'm studying it is go through each individual story. Like, you know, it's a, by faith Moses, by faith Noah, and just go through and, and talk about their specific stories. What we're probably going to do is pick and choose a couple. Yeah. And go through a few of them and just kind of talk about why it's called the Hall of Faith and why they're specifically singled out in that in that book. So, um, so we're excited for that, and we're gonna have a special guest on next week for that one. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, this week, like I said, Romans fifteen, and then the week after that, most likely Romans sixteen. If Romans fifteen goes well tonight, we might end up <laughs> making that part of tonight's episode because Romans sixteen really there's not a ton of stuff there. Just a little preview. It, it's basically Paul saying, "Tell everyone I said hello." And that kind of yep. is, is the gist of it. But we'll get to that real quick before we get into Romans 15. We're, we're in the midst of Holy Week. And this mm-hmm. comes out Wednesday, um, obviously a couple days before Good Friday, which you know is, is when we celebrate the crucifixion of Christ and remember his sacrifice. And it's a solemn night. And, you know, we, we get caught up, and I'm very guilty of this, we get caught up in the hype of Sunday morning, of Easter Sunday, oh, of what yeah. that celebrates. And it, oh, believe me, there's a reason to get caught up in that hype. Yeah. You know, if you're a believer... There's a major reason to get caught up in that hype. But we need to remember Friday. And, and and I like what our church does. They keep it somber. And they do so because it's like we need to remember why he was crucified. Yeah. He was crucified on our behalf because of our sin, because of our failures, our shortcomings, our depravity. He had to die. And he had to die a death he didn't deserve and a death that, you know, you could argue is the most excruciating way to die known to man. Yeah. And so just... Keep that in mind this week, and, and as you move towards the celebration Sunday, try to keep Friday in your back of your mind as just a somber occasion of realizing, yes, okay, his death and resurrection are things to celebrate because without it, we'd be lost and hopeless, but understand why he had to do it. So take time to reflect on your life and your sin and your relationship with him and areas that you need to repent and, and, and sins you need to confess and ways you need to get better and do better because we all need to do better. 
in various areas of our lives. We, yep. we, we all have room for improvement. So take the time Friday before we just get into the celebration on Sunday, because that should be the biggest celebration of the year for us as Christians. Yeah. But before we get to that, take some time to remember Friday mm-hmm. and remember why it happened and your role in that. You're culpable in his death, you know, and, yeah. and so am I. And so, you know, so remember that Friday. That's just my encouragement to you all for this week. Any thoughts on that? Oh, yeah. I'm... <laughs> Man, why did you ask me that? I got so many. Because <laughs> we're, we're preparing for Passover. Passover is also Friday, the 14th of Nisan. So uh, Friday night at twilight. So all this week we're preparing. We're going through our house that uh, looking for any leaven. Looking for any leaven that is in any corner crack of the house. So Emily and the kids, they're literally, she's going through the house cleaning and making the kids look in every corner for leaven, looking for bread, even though, you know, hopefully we don't have bread in the corners of the houses. I mean, I guess it's possible. It's possible. We have children. So. Right. <laughs> A lark shoving. Never, never anyway. <laughs> I but, love the image. It, that, right. Yeah. <laughs> but the whole, the whole purpose is we are cleaning ourselves out. We are cleaning out God's, Christ's temple of sin. Uh, throughout scripture, it, it references leaven as sin. And so we're, this whole week has been in for looking and gearing up for Friday, where we are ridding ourselves of of leaven, and we are preparing for the Pesach, or uh, uh, Pesach Sameach, ha- happy uh, festival, or happy Passover. So we're excited for that, but definitely looking at just how Passover connects to Christ and the Passover of death. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I got a lot on my mind. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I'm excited this week because uh, I get to experience my first Seder with, with Austin and his yeah. family this week. So, That's right. on Friday. I've, I've done one mm-hmm. in the past. I was maybe 10 or oh, 11 yeah. years old. So that's, gosh, that's 20-something years ago. That's oh, insane. Wow. Anyway, we don't need to think about that. <laughs> but what I will say is, is I remember two things about that. Uh, actually, maybe three. I remember, like horseradish is that a thing yes okay so i remember that because i remember not liking it as a child so it's you know it's a oh, weird get taste <laughs> oh get ready <laughs> uh, but also i remember sending somebody to the door to look for moses elijah elijah yep. okay see so apparently i don't remember <laughs> everything <laughs> okay but i remember that okay and then i remember i was sitting with my back to the wall we were down in our church basement, and then we weren't. I know, like you had mentioned today, we're lounging, mm-hmm. you know, doing it kind of a traditional, in a traditional sense, reclining at the table. We were just in a church dining room with tables and chairs, and just you yeah. know, going through it that way. And so I'm sitting at this table with my back to the wall, and we're in the basement, and there's a you know a window, but there's you know how basements have windows like. At the top of this the ceiling. L- the little one. Yeah. Yeah. But this one was a decent-sized window, and we actually had it open because we let the air flow, and it was an old church, and it smelled weird, and there was a lot of people in there, and we just had windows open. And so I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, the guy across from me, I don't remember his name. I knew him at the time. Just yelled, get out of here. And I turn around, and there's this just bare butt in the window. Someone had mooned us <laughs> in the middle of the Seder. Oh, man. Um and that is my memory of satyrs. We uh, horseradish looking for Elijah and getting mooned. Uh, uh, hopefully, so our goes, ours goes better. But you do have a three-year-old, so there's a chance. Uh, two-year-old, True. two-year-old, so there's a chance we get might get mooned. I don't know, but no, I, I'm, I, I sure hope. Not. <laughs> but no, and seriously, like boy career. I, I'm excited to. <laughs> 
I'm excited to uh, make new lasting memories of how it should go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> As opposed to what happened. Now, don't get me wrong. It was obviously a funny experience. I still remember oh, yeah. at least three things from that, you know, from that event. But and at least you got three things. We got, I got three things. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm excited for this. I'm excited okay. to experience that in a more traditional way. I know if any of you all know Austin, which a lot of you do, some of you don't, but one thing I will say about him is he, he takes stuff like this very seriously and it's awesome. And, and I even asked him today, half, half kidding, half serious. Should I wear some sort of <laughs> traditional Jewish attire? Should I get a phylactery and stick it to my forehead? If you don't know what that is, look it up, <laughs> you know, just cause I know they, they, they appreciate tradition and they yeah. appreciate the, you know, the, the, rituals well and yeah tradition the the purpose for it right not just the the ritualistic parts of it right no i I wasn't saying that in a negative way by any means but i just think it's cool i'm excited yeah cool Um, cool cool cool. you know anyway so let's dive into romans 15 and knock this out because i have to edit this tonight uh to get it out to you all tomorrow because i had to push today's recording back so that's fine here we are All right, so as we always do, we will start, we will read Romans chapter 15, and then jump back up to the top and work through it. Work through it. So, Austin, get us going and stop when you feel like it. <laughs> that's, you know, that's dangerous, right? I know. Meanwhile, we're, we're making our way through Galatians. <laughs> <laughs> Three hours later. <laughs> right. <sighs> okay, verse one. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in the former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promise or the promises given to the patriarchs, in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles, and sing to your name. Second Samuel twenty two fifty. And again it said, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. Deuteronomy thirty two forty three. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol him. Psalms one seventeen one. And again Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will come, even he who ri- arises to rule the Gentiles. In him will the Gentiles hope. Isaiah eleven ten. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Picking up in verse 15, I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to instruct one another. But on some points I have written to you very boldly by way of reminder, because of the grace given to me by God, to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in in the priestly service of the gospel of God, so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In Christ Jesus, then, I have reason to be proud of my work for God. For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, 
by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around to Illyricum, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ, and thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build out build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. This is the reason why I've so often been hindered from coming to you. But now, since I no longer have any room for work in these regions, and since I have longed for many years to come to you, I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain, and to be helped on my journey there by you, once I have enjoyed your company for a while. At present, however, I am going to Jerusalem, bringing aid to the saints. For Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the saints at Jerusalem. For they were pleased to do it, and indeed they owe it to them. For if the Gentiles have come to share in their spiritual blessings, they ought also to be of service to them in material blessings. When therefore I have completed this, and have delivered to them what has been collected, I will leave for, for Spain by way of you. I know that when I come to you, I will come in the fullness of the blessing of Christ. I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf, that I may be delivered from unbelievers in Judea, and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints, so that by God's will I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. May the God of peace be with you all. Amen. So that is Romans chapter 15. It's a, it's a long chapter, and there's some definitely some rich things we're going to dive into, but it's not... We, we're starting to wrap it up. We're starting to conclude. We're starting to get to the, hey, you know, pray for me. Tell this person I said hello. Tell that person I said, hey, you know, here's where I'm going next. Kind of giving some plans and some details. So not a ton of, like, theological meat necessarily in 15, but still some good stuff we can pull out. Oh, yeah. Looking at, so starting, yeah, verse 1. Uh, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak. Uh, just kind of piggybacking off of um, the last chapter, chapter 14, talking about the difference between your your weaker Christians, sometimes more, more or less your newer believers, and your believers that have been in the faith longer, and talking about the differences between those who are abstaining from food, those who are not, and the reasons why. And uh, chapter 14 is just talking about those who abstain, don't, don't judge those who don't, and those who don't abstain, don't judge those who do. And so coming into it, we go into uh, the end of chapter 14, for whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. So we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. So a lot of times people will, and I, I've even used this, <laughs> taking that out of context, and my mind first goes to, oh, well, strong, physically strong. It's our job to bear with the failings of the physically weak. And there might be an aspect to that, but that's not really what Paul is talking about right now. He's talking about spiritual strength, spiritual weakness. So this is not, you know, it's our job as America, as the strong, to necessarily go and take care of Ukrainian, the, the weaker country next to us. This is truly talking about our brothers and sisters who are weaker in the faith. Right. And it is our job as the stronger in our faith to go along next to them and truly physically help bear their failings. Now, failings, that doesn't mean they failed in life. That doesn't always mean you're going to a brother that relapsed back into heroin addiction or um, back into alcoholism, which that, that could be it. Of course. But that's definitely not saying that this is always the case. It's, it's bearing with, basically bearing with their shortcomings. Yeah. It, it's being, it's it implies patience. It implies helping 
being of a helping hand, picking them up, carrying their burden with them. So that, you know, that is walking through, basically walking through life with them and saying, okay, when they fall, I'm going to help, I'm going to help pick them up with love. I'm going to kind of show them, you know, their, their sin and and where there's, you know, why they ended up in the position they're in. And I'm going to help them again in love, point them to Christ and point them to the, to the right way and point them back onto the path and, and do so, like I said, with love. But it is. It is being there for your brother and sister in Christ, specifically your weaker brother and sister in Christ, and saying, hey, man, you can count on me. I, I will be there for you. When you when you struggle, when you fall, when you sin, when you, you know, go back to that relationship, when you make the mistake of, I mean, something as minute as giving the finger to someone on the road. Like, when you fall back into something like that, I'm not going to pummel you. I'm not going to berate you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to say, yeah, that was wrong. Yeah. But there's forgiveness, there's grace. Let's let's move forward and let's see how we can get better from here. Right. What? How can we do it? What can we do differently next time? Right. And it's it's interesting because he's not saying come along by them and completely take over. Don't come by them and completely pick their whole body up and carry them. Which I'm not saying don't do that. If they need there that, you do that. That's necessary right. for sure. But it's saying bear, bear with the failings of the weak. So you're coming next to them and you are literally, you're helping them. You're not taking over the situation because then that would be no fruit to them. How would they be able to grow in that situation if they're not able to do it? But they're not doing it by themselves. And right off the, the heels of this is, and not to please ourselves. So you are not doing this from a, I guess, a pharisaical outlook of, right. oh, look at me. I'm helping John over here. He just relapsed. I'm, I'm going to go to his house and hang out with this guy. No, you just go there and do it. Right. So that's important. You're not pleasing yourself. You you are truly doing this for your weaker brother. And, and it implies a, a sacrificial element to this as well, yes. where you are denying yourself some some pleasure, something you want to do to help them. Like there is a sacrifice in this too. And we are, we are called to sacrifice for our brothers and sisters in Christ. That that can mean time, that can mean money, that can mean resources, that can mean all kinds of things that we can sacrifice for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Right. And in order to edify them and help them and build them up and bear their burdens with them. I mean, you know, I'm not going to say that I was weaker in my faith, but I do think my, my our church family bared my burdens with me yes. very well. And it yes. was and I said that when everything kind of wrapped up. I said, man, I looking back, I'm not sure I could have done gone through a lot of this mm. without you guys and, and made it out the other end as as well as I did, as un quote unquote unscathed as as I did, because right. they were able to bear my burdens with me. Now, granted that wasn't a sin issue. It wasn't a, you know, a weaker faith issue. It was just an issue. <laughs> and it was a trial. It was a trial. <laughs> but the principle there is the same. They bear, bore my burdens with me. Yes. And so how much more should we do that for those who are weaker in their faith? We should mm-hmm. bear their burdens with them and, and with them. Hurt when they hurt and weep when they weep and and admonish when they need to be admonished. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> Let each of us please his neighbor for his good. So we are doing it for our neighbor's good, not for our own. As it as he just said, and not to please ourselves, to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written. Psalms 69.9, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. So Paul quoting King David, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. And really that that's Jesus because um, our reproaches fell on him. As we know that Christ died 
and he took our reproaches. He took our sin and he bore it for us because we could not physically do that. And so what do we do as Christians to our fellow brothers and sisters? We help bear them. But it it also mentions neighbors, our neighbors. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. We're also building our neighbors up. And there is a distinction. There is a distinction between neighbors and our brothers and sisters in Christ. We are to love our neighbors as ourselves, which is everyone in the world. But our brothers and sisters in Christ are different. Yeah. It's a different love. It's a different, you show that love in a different way. Yeah. You know, I I don't think you go to your non-believing friends and say, like, berate them or not berate, but, you know, say, hey, you guys are living together. You're not married. This is completely wrong. And yada, yada, yada. You don't, you don't, that's not how that works. Now, if you, your professing brother and sister in Christ are living together without marriage or, or, or even sleeping together before they're married. Okay, you go to them and you say, "Hey, this isn't right, man. Like you need to you need to step it up and make a change." So yeah, absolutely, there's a distinction there. And when you look at the reproach, he reproaches are the reproaches of <laughs> the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. It is. It's absolutely alluding to Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's the world hates God and everything yes. He stands for. Therefore, the world hated the one God sent and the one and those who believe in Him. The world hates. But all that hate fell on Jesus. And we see that, and you know, I'll allude to it because it's, it's so close. It fell on him on Good Friday. Yeah. Like, it came, came to a head on mm-hmm. Good Friday when, when he was crucified. And, and that's, that's it. That's yeah. the, you know, that's the reproach. Yeah. The ultimate reproach was they, they killed the God man. Yeah. For a couple of days. <laughs> it's all right. He came back. Oh, yeah. No, yeah it's, it's Friday, but it's Sunday's coming. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Verse four. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of scriptures, we might have hope. So it is directly after he quotes uh, Psalms that for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction. So just right there, validity for the New Testament. Everything written. I mean, uh, Paul references, references it. Validity back. for the Old Testament. What? Validity for the Old Testament. What did I say? Oh, New Testament. I'm oh, yeah. New Testament. Yeah, you're right. Validity for the Old Testament. Old yeah. Testament. Yeah. Shows and, that it's still re- relevant. And he references it in Timothy as well. But just how important the Old Testament is. I mean, just, just the fact that he's quoting Old Testament throughout all of his letters. It just should show us just how important it is. But this is how we learn. This is how we learn. This alone, there are so many examples, but this alone, just this one verse, even if you take this one verse by itself, should eliminate anyone from saying, unless the Old Testament, I don't have to care about that. Right. Because Paul himself, not only, Jesus quotes it. Yeah. But Paul, (laughs) Jesus quotes the Old Testament multiple times throughout Matthew specifically, but throughout the Gospels. Yep. But Paul quotes it so much in, in in his letters that he obviously regards it as scripture Mm -hmm. and regards it as holy. And therefore we should do the same because yes, while we're not under the old covenant and things do work a little differently, the old Testament is still valuable. Yes. And and it's still useful, still profitable for teaching, for instruction, for, you know, for reproof when needed and admonishment. And I mean, look at the book of Proverbs being just a very practical book of wisdom. Oh yeah. Right. And, And something that stuff that we can still apply to our lives today. Oh, it's interesting, too, because he says, encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. He's not talking about the New Testament. The New Testament was written yet. 
He was right. talking about the Old Testament. Right. That those are that's the scripture. Now that we consider the New Testament scriptures, well, it's all whole. So yeah, these scriptures. These scriptures. Yeah. So verses five through seven, we're going to lump these together because it is just one, actually two sentences, but one really long sentence and a really quick, short, clarifying sentence. But verse five through seven says, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Mm. So these three verses scream church unity. Yes. Just scream church unity. That we do not need to be divided amongst ourselves, especially over things that don't matter. And especially in areas of strong Christians versus weak Christians. Because that is the context of where we are here. Yeah. Where he's admonishing the strong Christians to bear with the weaker ones and to bear each other's burdens with, bear the burdens of the weaker ones. Right. So this is screaming church unity where we don't let these things divide us because with one voice, we want to glorify God. Yes. Therefore, we welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Well, and let's just start, start a little, just a small little side note. Who am I? Son of God. No, who am I? Who am I? I I am a child of God, but but who am I to be a child of God? I shouldn't be. Right. Right. Like You're I'm worthless. Just, we're, I'm 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 worthless. My yeah. my good deeds are filthy rags. The yeah. best thing I can offer God is a used minstrel rag. Pile of dung. That is the best thing I can offer yeah. offer God apart from Christ. Right. So I am not better than anybody else. Period. The one who is weaker in their faith, the one who is stronger in their faith, th- there is no difference between them as far as worthiness right? Or, or, or whatever. We are not worthy. So when arrogance comes in mm-hmm. and when pride comes in and we think we're better than the other person and we look at that person and say, oh, I'm not struggling with that. Right. Or thank, thank God I'm not like that person. That is That flies in the face of everything Paul talks about in his letters, everything yeah. Jesus taught in the Gospels. And specifically these verses right here where it's talking for church unity. Being unified with one another so that with one voice we can glorify God. We are not glorifying God when we are looking down on the weaker members of our church. Are there issues that are going to arise? Yes. Are there things we're going to have to contend with? Yes. Are there there lines in the sand that we have to draw? Absolutely. But the goal is unity. And so these things that don't matter, these issues that don't matter, don't, don't matter. Don't sweat the small stuff. Don't. Make mountains out of molehills for what, uh, for people who are older and know that phrase. <laughs> you know, don't don't let things get in the way of church unity that don't need to get in the way with church unity. Right? Do we need to be unified on on Christ? Absolutely. Do we need to be unified on core issues of the faith? One hundred percent, we do. Yeah. And if someone is teaching false doctrine, yes, we need to weed them out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If someone is unrepentant, living in unrepentant sin, but still claiming Christ, do we need to follow the steps of church discipline and that may ultimately lead them to being asked to leave. Yes. Yes. But those are big issues. Yeah. Do we fight over the music style? No. no. Do we fight over pre-trib or post-trib? No. no. Right. Those are things we don't I gotta hear. Those are things we do not care about as far as unity within the church. Right. There are things we talk about on our own as we get deeper into our own faith. Yeah. So church unity. Big, big fan. Big, big fan. Amen. So verse eight. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs, and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy, as it is written. 
So right here, right off the bat, Paul says, why did Christ come? Well, for starters, it was to fulfill the promises that God made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that through them, kings would arise. I mean, as we saw through the Old Testament, David, Solomon, so on and so forth, but all the way up to Jesus. And then we also see right here, and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy, as it is written. And then he he lists four different scriptures in order. Uh, 2 Samuel, Deuteronomy, Psalms, and Isaiah. And they all go towards the Gentiles. Yeah. Which which is a big thing. That's a big thing in, throughout Romans. We've talked about that a lot in the book of Romans, because he's writing to Jewish Christians. Right. And so he is wanting to, again, toward the end of this letter reaffirm and reestablish that, hey, the Gentiles are a part of this now. Like, yeah. this isn't just for the Jews anymore. This is for everyone. We are grafted in, yeah. the, phrase, the the terms he used. The Gentiles have been grafted yeah. into our family. And, yeah. and so, stop with the, I'm better than you, I'm a Jew. Stop with the, right. you have to be circumcised to, yeah. in order to join the club or whatever. Like, stop being that way. Right. We are all one, and that's exactly what he's doing. He is driving that point home by using the Old Testament. And saying, hey, this was prophesied. This mm-hmm. is what is supposed to happen. Oh, yeah. This is what he said was going to happen hundreds, if not thousands of years ago. Yeah. The Gentiles will be reconciled. Yep. Therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. Second Samuel. And again, it is said, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. Deuteronomy 32. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol him. Psalms 117. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles. In him will the Gentiles hope. And he ends just this section with, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. So the king of the Jews is not just the king of the Jews. He is also king of the Gentiles. He is king over everything, and in him will the Gentiles hope. Jesus is our hope. That is where we get our hope. True, true hope. Not just, you know, I hope I get a new car. I hope my (laughs) car doesn't break down. Right. It's true hope. uh, The assurance of something that is already. Oh, well, that that when when I die, I get to see him. Yeah. And, and, And not just avoid hell. I mean, that's a big thing. Don't get me wrong. Because no one wants to go there. Right. But having that hope of when I die, I am with my Redeemer. I am with the King of Kings. I am with the Lord of Lords. He will say, well done, good and faithful Mm. servant. Come enter into the rest that I have prepared for you. Like he, that's our hope. Yeah. That in the end, this will all be worth it. And this will all make sense. And we'll see what God was doing in the darkest parts of our lives. and, And we'll know, oh, I get it now. Like that makes sense. I see why I had to go through that. Or I see why I caused myself to go through this. Yeah, yeah. Like the things that we did to ourselves. I get it and it makes sense. And man, it was worth it. That's the hope we have. Yeah. That's exciting. It is exciting. Because <laughs> there are times where it's like, man, this this can't be worth it. Like, oh, yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Really? Like this is what I have to go through? Like, come on. Yeah. I, I was talking to the last time I went and got tattooed. I was talking to him, and we have a lot of religious conversations, and, and, and he at times knows the Bible better than I do. Yeah. He's not a believer. He is such a cool dude. Like, I love talking to him, and he he is a, uh, he practices, I don't even know if that's the right word to use, but the Krishna. So, okay. he, he's the Hare Krishna. 
I think there's like chants that are involved in that and, and not incantations. It's not like magic or witchcraft. Like karma is a big deal in right. there. A sh- uh, chakras. Yeah. There, there's yeah. a lot of different elements to it. Um, and I don't fully understand it, but he does. He knows the Bible pretty dang well. Yeah. I mean, as a tattoo artist, he, you know, what, what's one of the biggest things people tattoo on themselves? Scripture, Scripture verses. So yeah. like he reads it a lot, but he also knows it and he's studied it. And, and so it makes it sometimes frustrating to talk to about these things. But I did tell him one thing. I said, look, I said, if I, if I get to the end of this whole thing and it, and I'm wrong, like, and, and this is not the best argument in the world to have, but it's still, I, this is something I've thought about just for myself. Yeah. That, if I get to the end of this whole thing, man, and I am wrong, and I and I see Kevin up there with a with a blue guy saying, "Ha, y'all was right," you know. I mean, I, I didn't miss out on much, right? Like I I tried to live a life that was that was moral, tried to live a life that helped others and 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 brought joy to other people. Yeah. But man, you know, if 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 I get to the end of this and I'm right, whoo, that's right. exciting stuff oh, yeah. right there, right? Like that. Man, that was worth it. Made yeah. made all the stuff I quote unquote missed out on totally worth it. Oh yeah. And now, don't get me wrong. That's not me saying I doubt that I'm right. I do have faith and hope that I that this is the only way to heaven. Yeah. Um, so that's not what I'm saying there. But it's just it's good sometimes to even break it down to that basic of a level. Yeah. Right at times, and it's just things I've thought through my entire life. I'm like, man. Man, if I'm if I'm right, man, this is this is gonna be awesome at the end. Yeah, and it is. It's gonna be awesome at the yeah. end. Because by the way, I'm right. <laughs> Amen. Where were we? I don't even know. Uh, Fourteen. Fourteen. All right. <clears throat> uh, I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to instruct one another. When when reading that, you know, I, I just see again confirmation that we need to be. We need to be growing in our faith, growing in the knowledge of the scripture, going in the knowledge of Christ, and going deeper, yeah. being rooted in something other than the milk, and being able to chew on these harder truths, and then also to a point where we are able to instruct one another. Yeah. You know, I think this implies teaching, mm-hmm. but I also think it implies, like, correction. Yes. Right? Instruction like a parent would instruct a child, not saying you need to talk to people like their children. But coming alongside, again, in context of Romans 15 and 14 specifically, coming alongside those weaker brothers and sisters and saying, hey, this is where I think you're misstepping based on Scripture, yeah. based on my knowledge of Scripture. Right. I think you're misstepping here. And here's why. Yeah. And being able to do that in love and being able to instruct one another. Right. I want to love it, too, because Paul is pointing out to them that he, he sees the Holy Spirit within them. Because as we know that none of us are good, so what goodness is there in us? It's Christ. And so I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness. They're full of the Holy Spirit. They're filled with the knowledge and able to instruct one another. And all that, that comes from God. That comes from the Holy Spirit. And so he's, he's just pointing that out. Yeah. Verse 15, But on some points I have written to you very boldly, by way of reminder, because of the grace given me by God. And I, I love it because he's coming in tenderly with love. He's speaking in love, saying, look, I've pointed out some pretty harsh things to you guys. Yeah. And I did it for a purpose. He did it boldly by way of reminder. He's trying to remind them, hey, don't do these things. Or, hey, do these things. These are good. These are not good. And when and when early... Early on in Romans, when he's talking about some of these false teachings that have crept in and some of these issues, heading off some of these problems that he's seeing kind of crop up, where he's like, no, no, no. Yeah. It's legitimately, I, I 
would be willing to bet that they read that as a little bit of a scolding. Oh, yeah. I'm like, no, 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 you dummies. Like, this is not what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, we, I make that in jest, you know, I'll say, no, 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 dummies. Like, uh, come on, you know. Yeah. Uh, but by again, no means. Yeah. By no means. May it never be. Again, I, I go back to this a lot. There's a reason why we are compared to sheep. I don't know if I've ever said this on this podcast or not. I probably have. We're at 57, 58 episodes now. So I've said a lot of things I don't remember. But like, <laughs> sheep are dumb. Sheep are dumb. We're compared to sheep. Yeah. Therefore, we're dumb <laughs> when it comes to following God. Like, yeah. we're dumb. Yeah. We will walk straight off that cliff, yep. if not guided back by God, by yep. the Holy Spirit. So, no, 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 dummies. Yeah. <laughs> Go this way. And so that's what it is. Paul's yeah. saying, I've been bold. Like, I've, mm-hmm. I've been very stern with you. You know, I, I think of like a parent who spanked his child or talked harshly to his child to get the point across. I mean, if you see your child running out into the middle of a busy intersection, mm-hmm. you're not just going to be like, oh, Johnny, Johnny, come come back. Right. You were going to go grab that child violently <laughs> yeah. and swing rip them, them back. Rip them back and swing them. And what, like, you're mm-hmm. going to, it might hurt. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? But it hurts a lot less than getting hit by that car would have hurt. Right. And, and that's what Paul's doing, I think, he, just to make a weird analogy. He is, at times in this passage, he is grabbing us violently and pulling us out of that busy intersection that we're wandering into. Right. Well, and actually, that's pretty accurate because he ends verse 15. Why? Why is he doing this boldly? Because of the grace given me by God. God kicked Paul or Saul off of a donkey, made him blind for several days, yeah. and said, why are you doing this to, to me? Why are you doing this to my people? And he's like, uh, what? <laughs> yeah. And so, the reason why he's doing this boldly, why he's reminding them of these things is because of the grace given to him by God. He was shown grace. He was shown mercy. And he was kicked back on the way that he was meant to go. And so, he's just trying to do this to... I mean, he does this throughout all his letters, but he's Saying this right now to the Romans. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I love it. Just stop wandering into traffic, you dummies. Like, yeah. That's, yeah. That's kind of the very simplistic version of what Paul is saying here. Stop wandering into traffic, you idiot. Like, right, yeah. stop being dumb. I mean, sometimes you <laughs> might get a handhold and be led away, but sometimes you need a good Spartan kick to the chest. Yeah, absolutely. And drop on the floor. When knocked out, you'd be like, <gasps> Like I said, if... if you are not going to gently pull your child out of that traffic or, right. or, or to stop them from pull, going into that traffic. It's not going to be a gentle event. Right. And that's not because you don't love them. It's because you do. Yeah. Yeah. That you do that. Yeah. And that you violently grab them and get them out of the way. Yep. So anyway, that was, that was kind of cool. Anyway. Verse <laughs> uh, 16. Verse 16. I'm going to go back to verse 15 and just read 16 because it's the same sentence. Yeah. So, uh, but on some points I've written to you very boldly by way of reminder because of the grace given me by God to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable and sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Yes. So this is very important. I mean, <laughs> you get into so many different things right here. Looking at the the Catholic Church, looking at them saying that the Apostle Peter was their first pope. And, uh, like, yeah, we're not going to dive into that right now, but looking at Scripture at... He wasn't. Spoiler alert. Right. He wasn't. Anyway. They separated. <laughs> Peter went to the Jews. Peter kept going with the Jews. And multiple times, Paul says it, but especially right here, to be minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. He is 
the head of leading the Gentiles. He is preaching, teaching, extolling, and so on and so forth. Any other words that you want to throw in there? Big distinction there. So we got that one out of the way. But he is going to the Gentiles. So real quick, jumping back to Romans chapter 11, verse 13. Now I am speaking to you Gentiles, inasmuch then as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry in order somehow to make my fellow Jews jealous and thus save some of them. For if their rejection means the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance mean but life from the dead? So he's going through preaching to the, the, the Gentiles. And the purpose is to make the Jews jealous so that the Jews would, the Israelites would come back to God. And I, I mean, even that's, that's us too. I mean, yeah, we have the Great Commission where Christ says, go into the world preaching my name, preaching the gospel. But again, we're also doing this to make the Jews jealous so that they come back to God. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. God's chosen people should be serving God. And they are still God's chosen people. (laughs) Yeah, they are. Absolutely. Now we are grafted into that family. Thank God. (laughs) But as far as there is still a special place, we see it in Revelation Mm -hmm. when when talking about the end times and end times prophecy, there's still a special place for the Jews. Where, Where do we live? The New Jerusalem. Exactly. And on the gates of New Jerusalem, what names are scribed on the gates? The 12 tribes of Israel. Right. Very important. I like this next part, and I'm going to read. Mm. I'm going to read until the sentence ends, because again, Paul is known for in this chapter at least for long sentences. Uh, so I'm going to read, but I like this part at the end. It says, verse 17: In Christ Jesus, then I have reason to be proud of my work for God, for I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around to Illyricum. That Illyricum. Illyricum, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ, and thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. So that is verses 17 through 21. Two sentences there. And verse 17, I have reason to be proud of my working God. And you would think if it stops right there, he's like, oh, well, that's a little little prideful. Boastful. That's a little yeah. boastful. How, who are you? He immediately was like, no, no, that's not what I'm saying. It says, for I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me mm-hmm. to bring the Gentiles to obedience. So, again, Paul is saying it's not about me and what I'm doing. It's all about what Christ did for us on the cross and by raising from the dead. And it's all about what he's doing through me now. Yeah. I am, and Paul is like, I'm just, I'm merely a vessel. Yep. He is not special. He is not more worthy than you. He is not whatever. He is just a vessel that he allows God to use. Yeah. Or the, Well, he is a vessel that God chooses to use and a vessel that God has said, I'm going to use you to, to reach the Gentiles. Yeah. And that our only boast is in Christ. Uh, there's a song, <clears throat> by Sovereign Grace, All I Have is Christ. And it says, and may my song forever be. My only boast is you. Yeah. That I cannot boast on anything I've done, any of my accomplishments, any of my worldly accolades, or even church accolades, even spiritual accolades. Like, I can't boast in these things because it all comes from him, and it's all because of him. So keep that in mind, right? I mean, yeah. that, isn't, that the, isn't that the message to us in this? Isn't that the way yeah. we apply this is stay humble. Oh, yeah. Be humble. Understand that your gifts, your powers, your whatever, that's not yours. It's not because of you. 
We are worms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like this part where he's talking about, so that from Jerusalem and all the way to Illyricum, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. So he's saying, I've gone from here to here, and I've fulfilled the gospel, the, the ministry of the gospel. I have done what I'm supposed to do. And so, and thus, I make my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. And I, I, lo- I read this, and I, I think of a, a friend of ours, ah, whatever, Atticus. <laughs> Th- this is his ambition, you know, to go where the name of Christ has not been proclaimed. Right. Not building on anyone else's foundation, but truly, that's his ambition, his desire, his aspiration, saying, I want to go reach people that have never heard of his name. And Paul quotes Isaiah 52, 15, those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. And I'm like, that's such a, such a beautiful ambition. I'm like, yeah, I have it, but like, I'm not really doing anything with it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know. It's yeah, so cool. it is. It, it's Paul's whole goal is to, like you said, just proclaim the gospel to unreached people, to yeah. people who have no idea who Jesus is. You know, we, we talked about that on our episode about the Great Commission. How often are you going to run into somebody, especially in the States, Oh yeah, where they've never heard of Jesus? Mm-hmm. I mean, on, they may not know specifics, but they have at least, they at least know the name. Oh, yeah. And they at least know that people worship him. Yep. Right? And like, oh, yeah, I know that Jesus guy. Oh, Christians are terrible. Like, they, they, exactly, there's, there's yeah. something attached to the name Jesus in, in Christianity. Whereas in some of these remote places and in, in a lot of these Muslim countries, they know the name Jesus, but they know him as a good man, as a, as a, is he a prophet? prophet. Is he a prophet in, Muslim, in Islam? Yeah. yeah. They know him as a prophet to Allah and, and to yeah. um, Ishmael, and Muhammad. 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 <clears throat> so, yeah, absolutely. What, what an amazing ambition. And, and like you said, Atticus specifically, like, yeah. that's what he wants to do is take the gospel to places that don't know the gospel. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing thing. So, uh, just... You know, we're going to kind of probably wrap up these last 10 verses, 11 verses pretty quick. Yeah. Because there's not a ton of meat in these last few verses. Austin, go ahead and just read this last section here and we'll wrap it up. This is the reason why I have so often been hindered from coming to you. But now since I no longer have any room for work in these regions, and since I have longed for many years to come to you, I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain, and to be helped on my journey there by you. Once I have joined your company for a while, at present, however, I am going to Jerusalem and bringing aid to the saints. For Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the saints at Jerusalem, for they were pleased to do it, and indeed they owe it to them. For if the Gentiles have come to share in their spiritual blessings, they ought also to be of service to them in material blessings. When therefore I have completed this and have delivered to them what has been collected, I will leave for Spain by way of you. I know that when I come to you, I will come in the fullness of the blessing of Christ. I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ, and by the love of the Spirit, to strive together with me in prayers to God on my behalf, that I may be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea, and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints, so that by God's will I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. May the God of peace be with you all. Amen. So, uh, I'm just couple things picking out through through here for me. You know, he, he's a, 
he's accomplished what he set out to do in these regions and he wants to go visit Rome. And as again, his ambition is to go where the, the name of Christ has not been proclaimed. So he's passing through Rome. He's not going to stay there long. He wants to enjoy their company for a little bit. Yep. Maybe take a small reprieve and break and just kind of refresh in refresh and relax with other believers and, you know, kind of get restored, refilled, refocused, refreshed as he says at the end. And be refreshed in your company. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and doing that... Well, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'll say, it just means it's okay to take a break for a minute. Oh, yeah. Recharge batteries and get going again. Well, and again, what's the purpose of church? That's the purpose of church. To gather together with fellow believers and to be refreshed, to pour yourself out into them. And that's the point. That's the point. And so, he, he wants to go through them to Spain. But before he does that, he's going to stop by Jerusalem. Now, this one's big for me because at present, however, I'm going to Jerusalem bringing aid to the saints. Uh, We've talked about it several times through the the podcast that we are all called to be saints. And and, in here he is talking that there are already saints in Jerusalem. Throughout many of his letters, there are already saints in these areas alive. You do not have to be dead for 100 years then to become proclaimed a saint. That is how we're supposed to live our lives. So he's going to Jerusalem, bringing aid to the saints. A little bit further, when he's talking about deliver to them what has been collected, my footnote says sealed to them uh, fruit. So it could have meant he's bringing money for whatever they needed, or he's just bringing food and supplies. Yeah. And, and But given to him by other believers. Exactly. And that's that's the point of this, right? Is, yep. is we support each other. Yeah. Support missions. We support those who are not as well off as we are. We yeah. we are generous. We're givers. We take we take care of our own. Yeah. We take care of our family, and that's what this is. This is a family, a church family, a family of believers. Yeah, and that is what we do. We take care of each other, and and we don't you know be stingy. We don't be stingy. Don't yeah. be greedy. Yeah, right. And you and take care of your family, of mm-hmm. course. And that's your top priority. Take care of your family. Make sure your family's needs are met and, and your kids are fed and, yep. and clothed and, you know, got a roof over your head. But you also, you, you do. You help out in missions. You help out with, you know, your neighbor who, who is sick and can't mow the lawn. Mm-hmm. Or so so you sacrifice time. You, you take care of, you know, the person in your church who lost their job, who, who can't find one for whatever reason or has lost their job and needs a little help paying the electric bill or, or buying some groceries, you yeah. know, you, or you send Atticus to the ends of the earth, right? Right. Like you help send him out Yeah. and him and his wife, Olivia. So like that is what he's by example telling us to do. Yeah. And yeah. So Macedonia, Achaia, the churches that are in these regions, he's saying that they have con- contributed to the needs of the saints in Jerusalem. And then going on talking about the Gentiles, for they were pleased to do it. And indeed they owe it to to them. For if the Gentiles have come to share in their spiritual blessings, they ought also to be service to them in material blessings. So it is two-pronged, or twofold, however you look at it. As you are a part of the body of Christ, you are contributing your spiritual gifts. That That is so important. Once you figure that out, either you are service or uh, teaching, whatever it may be, you are giving that to the body of Christ. You are contributing. But also, you are contributing to the material blessings as well. And that would be tithing. Yeah. That would be, there's a family that does not have much food to eat, so you give them what you can. Right. There's another family that can't afford shoes or clothes for the kids, so you do what you can there. Exactly. Uh, like Brad said, you mow your, your neighbor's lawn that's elderly or something like that. 
you are contributing to the needs of the saints and and your neighbors and your neighbors. So when therefore I have completed this and have delivered them what has been collected, I will leave for Spain by way of you. So he's just, I'm, I'm passing through. I'm going to Spain. Yeah. I know that when I come to you, I will come in the fullness of the blessing of Christ. I will be filled up. I will be refreshed and, mm-hmm. and I will enjoy my time with you. And then I'm going to move on to my next, my next location. Yeah. I appeal to you brothers by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the spirit to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf. That I may be delivered, that I may be delivered from unbelievers in Judea, and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints, so that by God's will I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. May the God of all peace be with you. Amen. So again, Paul's just saying, pray for me. Again, yes. it implies that we are to be in constant prayer for our brothers and sisters in Christ, mm-hmm. and, and those that are spreading the word, those who are in need. We we pray, we intercede on their behalf, and. You know, quick we, we, are, we are a refreshing place to be, yes. right? So people can come to us and walk away filled up, refreshed, recharged to go out and continue to do God's work. Yeah. Yeah. If if people don't want to come to your house or they don't want to go to church with you because you drain them, right. it's probably not a good thing. Yeah. I mean, we want to pour ourselves out, but we are also filling ourselves up. We are being refreshed by our, our brothers and and sisters. And the side note being, in case you guys didn't know, Paul was in prison when this is being written. And we'll even find out in chapter 16 that Paul isn't the one writing, he is dictating someone else to write it. So we don't know if he physically couldn't or or what was going on, but he is writing this in prison and that's why he's asking for prayer. Yeah. Because he has the ambition. He's sitting in prison and he wants to go to Spain by way of Rome, and he wants to stop by Jerusalem on the way. So he's making these plans, right? And he's praying for these plans, but he, he's sitting in prison right now. So yeah, pray. <laughs> yeah. So that is Romans chapter fifteen. There are a lot of good things there, a lot of things to take away, and, and things that we can think about. You know, it, it's being a, you know, if you have to wrap this up into into one little pithy thing, you could almost say the overarching theme here is just be an encouragement to your fellow believers. Mm-hmm. Be unified with them and be an encouragement to them. Don't be a drain. Don't be someone who drags people down and, and sows disunity and, and discord. Yes. And as a strong as stronger believers, I don't want to say put up with, but but take on the burdens of the weaker believers. Right. And help them along and show and then guide them and lead them. I've said this multiple times, Austin, you've said it too. Have a Paul in your life and have a Timothy in your life. Have someone who is pouring out, who is deeper and, and more knowledgeable in the faith than you, pouring into you, and you do the same to somebody that is weaker in their faith yeah. than you are. And that's just, that's the constant cycle. If we get into that habit as a church, man, there'd be some on fire people. Oh, yeah. And there'd be a revival breakout in this country because it, it, we couldn't help it at that point. If we are doing that, just that model within the church, within believers, you have those who are out sharing the gospel and preaching the gospel. And then when those Believe those new believers coming to our churches, we're doing that. Man, it's just going to multiply and grow. Oh, yeah. Wildfire. It's going to be a wildfire, and that's what we need. That is that is what we need in this country. I mean, we we it's cliche now to say we need revival in this country. Hmm. Like it can be we need revival. Ah, yell at the street corners. This country needs to wake up. <clears throat> oh yeah, Christians need to wake up. Well, and that's it. And again, why are we? Why are we? As Brad and I, why are we doing this? We want revival in the church first. <clears throat> yes, it starts there. We need our brothers and sisters to wake up to get deeper to get off the milk to get onto the meat even heck if you're just chewing on it and can't actually swallow to get on the meat so that we can actually get our unbelieving neighbors 
into the fold and get them on the milk. And then, again, building them up. Romans 15. Romans 15. So we will probably, because of how long this went, which is good, but because of this, we're going to do Romans 16 in another episode and knock that out and finish finish up this book and and i have a couple ideas that i haven't talked to Austin about like where i want to go next with our it's a like, common, common theme it, it really is <laughs> well with our you know we we have that format of of doing a book and yeah. then doing a topic and kind of kind of balancing the two yeah um i'd like to do something kind of cool in oh, the yeah. next next go around so do us a favor like us subscribe to our podcast on apple spotify wherever you get your podcasts like us on facebook instagram give us a follow hit us up I'm trying to get to 100 followers we're at 76 at my last check so we're getting closer getting need 24 more let's go get it done but in the meantime guys think about good friday think about what it means what it symbolizes why good friday had to take place your role in that but also celebrate sunday like there's no tomorrow man mm-hmm. like let's let's have a celebration sunday it's going to yeah. be a good day um, i'm excited for this time of year it's always one of my favorites and mm-hmm. um it's an important time of year for us so Amen. Uh, we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Like I said, subscribe to us, yep. like us, give us a five-star review. If you think about it, we would love to see that. We'll read it if you give us, say something nice to us. In the meantime, Pesach Smeg. No, I'm just kidding. Well, that threw me off. What does that mean? <laughs> Happy Passover. <clears throat> Happy Passover and stay, stay rooted. rooted. We'll see you next week. <laughs>